Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. Welcome to Real Ghost Chatter. I'm Marianne Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, a charter member of Author Masterminds, and your host of Real Ghost Chatter, of course. By now, you probably are familiar with today's guest, Rosella C. Rao. Rosella is a paranormal thriller author of The Haunting at 2095, which is based off a true story, and 911 Emergency, which I believe is still in draft form. Rosella lives in Ohio and is the writer of the well-known blog, My Haunted Travel Blog, which is at myhauntedtravelblog.blogspot.com. Rosella has years of ghost hunting and investigation experience and travels around the U.S. to the most haunted historic locations. She writes about them in her blog. Rosella is not only a paranormal investigator, she is also a medium. Rosella prides herself on telling the real story and truth regarding her experiences with spirits encountered at historic places and the legends surrounding the entities. I might add she's also (laughs) now able to talk about the spirits that visit her at her home on a regular basis. So, Welcome back, Rosella. Hi. <laughs> what don't I do? <laughs> I am right. I, I mean, you are a busy woman. Yes, Kids, husband, and in spirits. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I know yeah. that since we talked last, you've had several more encounters. So yeah. you told me about two. So let's talk about, I don't know which one first. You go for the first okay. one, either Marilyn Monroe or the banishing of spirits. Let's hear it. Okay, so... Yes, uh, The Banishing of Spirits was very interesting because my friend Bobby Shook that I've talked about numerous times on here, I think he is the one who is in charge of the Firehouse Museum in Mansfield, Ohio, and he's my good buddy. He also runs a bingo there in Mansfield, Ohio uh, as well, and then that supports the museum, so it's a great thing for them, you know, and I go play bingo and stuff like that and see everybody, and they all are so sweet people. Well, Everybody knows that it's like, you know, legendary haunted. But when I have brought my friends there, women, basically, they've all had the same experience, especially just bringing different people in every single time. But especially if my friend Misty and I were there, if you were blonde too, especially, you would be harassed by the male entities that were there because they have a Ohio State reformatory jail cell. That is in there and a coffin legendary to be used for people who did die that they would put everybody in this coffin and bring them outside and then literally only bury them in the ground. I don't even know if they had coffins. So it's very disgusting to me. And (laughs) And I'm like, why would I want this is terrible, like burn that thing, get it out of society. But no. We have to hold on to it like it's a precious, you know, like jewel or something. I, men have a big fascination with it. 
and a lot of paranormal enthusiasts that are male, I've noticed. My friend Brent just he he thought it was so cool and got his picture taken in it. It was the most creepiest thing to me. Oh my gosh. But I'm like, you know, that is not my thing. And I, I'm a person who hates like violence. I hate horror. So, but I, with my job and basically what I do do, I've seen the pain in it. So I just really steer far away. So that's my reason. And I understand there's people who have, you know, hold entertainment value for it. And that's okay. Every time we go in there, basically these, these entities, and there's many, many of them that come around and harass any of the women that are there. And Bobby has really noticed over time. And I was like, last time I said I was there, I said, you got to sage this place. Like next time I come back, we're saging this place. And it took us forever because of illnesses and stuff. Me and Misty both have children, but we were like, we're going to bust this out of here. No more evil. We're done because anybody you brought in, they would pick up your hair, knock over your stuff. And then the good entities that were talking with you, one is named Joe and his coat is the one that moves. I think I've talked to you about that. Uh, his right. fire coat that hangs and moves. And he was like, get out of here. Protect yourself. Run. And then an uncle that has passed on a long time ago came through. He's actually, he divorced my aunt. And he came through even because he was good friends with my other uncle. And he's not come around, but he only comes around when I'm there to protect me. And I think my other uncle brings him to protect his family. There were all family protector. And well, I came in with my tourmaline rock and really ticked off. And I'm like, you know, God's done so much for me. You're out of here. And I literally, me and Misty, she did the sage and she went around with them, did the sage. And I got my, my rods out to communicate with them just to see what was kind of going on to faster and then Bobby had his old obelisk that he always brings around. And he read off everything that the words we were getting from the obelisk, why we banished. And the greatest thing that came through, it said that I was a reverend. I was so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's right. Uh-huh. God's done so much for me. This is the least I can do. You're out. I was like screaming throughout the whole building. Like, you are banished in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're not, you know, something of God, if you're not with God, if you're not here for good. And we did it, Mary, we did it for two hours and 15 minutes. Wow. I was now you said so there were 36 tired. of them. I bet you were exhausted. Now, how yeah. did you know there were 36? Yeah, there was, they told me in the end that there was 36. We went from room to room to room and they would, what happened is it took so long for them to break because they went from the jail cell to the next room next to it, which had the coffin and they were all hiding in there. Even Misty said she felt it. Mm. And then- after like a long time, we were there for probably an hour and 15 minutes just there. And then we went, we started to go from room to room because I asked Raphael, God, Jesus, and I asked Archangel Michael to help and all of the good entities in the building to help who reside, he not really reside, but like to be there and protect. And that's their home in a way to, you know, for whatever reason they have. And I asked them all to help. And then they all finally said, they're, they're moved over to another room. So Raphael said, go room to room. And I was okay. I was like, okay. And this other place, which is in this, I call it the training center where basically they take kids on a field trip to the museum. And then they have this little, uh, you know, fabricated like house kind of thing that they've made up just like a small little unit where it looks like a little apartment and the kids get on the floor where they blow smoke through the thing. And then they try to teach them to crawl in their bellies out to save their lives. I call it the training training center room 
Well, there's two little boys that are in there and they just like to be there. You know, whatever reason they won't go. I've asked them why when they just like Bobby and they like it and they feel like it's their safe home. It's a nine-year-old and a, an 11-year-old boy. They're brothers. And they've always been terrified the last two times I come in there because of the ghosts, like chasing them, the bad entities. I went in and I said, okay, you two can stay or go towards the light, whatever you wish. It's always going to be your choice. I'm not going to force you. Uh, God is here and we're going to get rid of these guys. They're not going to bother you anymore. And the boys were so relieved. They couldn't stop thanking us. So it was so precious. I'm like, wow. And then we went from the more places we went more room to room to room the sirens on the fire truck started going off by themselves oh when we got to the fire truck room yeah it's it's like three huge fire trucks maybe even four and the siren went off continuously and we it's not motion censored we weren't near it in that kind of to trigger anything and me and misty kept reenacting because we were the only ones who were kind of she was moving around to do the staging but Bobby and I were staying still and Bobby would yell. I would yell. And then Misty would yell. We were kind of like, we all had to be united front. And well, whenever she was walking around towards this other side and she wasn't even near the fire truck, it would go off Hmm. and it went off four times. So it was, it was like, they were really, they were, they were getting scared at that moment. By the time that we hit the educational kind of part of it, where they have a bunch of, dummies and stuff like that and they have like a reenactment with using dummies to show you like inside what a fire house would look like that kind of area uh-huh. we went in there and then finally I heard my uncle say they're all gone and how he was proud of me and exhausted and I knew uh-huh. they were gone and then my other uncle went oh my gosh you do this all the time I'm tired they're <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> like okay they're really gone. And then Raphael was like, yeah, they're gone. I'm exhausted. So yeah. And Misty was like, I feel, you could feel it. The whole place felt peace. Uh-huh. It felt completely, completely peaceful. And you know what? I have been there probably at least six to eight times, probably maybe more. And I've never felt that going into that place. Never, ever, ever. And there's also a bathroom. Remember I told you about the demon coming through the wall in the bathroom? I do. I do. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Okay. So this is that bathroom. And we did get rid of that demon, though, that night that that did happen. Thank God and praise Jesus. But the thing is, when I went to that bathroom before, the whole thing started with that bathroom because there was a female entity that was very bad. And, like, you feel watched. It's creepy. It's almost like you feel someone leaning over the stall looking at you while you do your business. You know, it's not, you know, pleasant. And it's like this awful, eerie, yucky, voyeurish feeling that you just feel like you kind of want to change your clothes. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. It's just creepy. And I'm like, you know, I'm ridding you. I am getting rid of you because all the women hate to use that bathroom during bingo. And that's where they make their money. So, you know, I'm like. I got to get rid of you. This is like, that supports the museum. If people are afraid to go to the bathroom, that's not okay. We went in there. I was like, Bobby, we're doing this. And he was like, you really want to do this? Are you sure that bathroom is freaky? And I'm like, yeah. So we went in there and and you know what? It was a coward very fast. I didn't expect that. It went like that. Mm. It was just gone in less than two minutes. Uh. He looked at me and she's like, it's gone, isn't it? You can feel it's gone. And I'm like, yeah, that was quick. 
Well, guess what? My friend Alice, who's a volunteer at Bingo, called me two days later. And she's like, I heard you guys did the bathroom. And I said, yeah. And she told me the story two days before we were there. This is literally two nights. Thursday night before I was there, she said that there was only three people in the building. Her, this guy named Kevin, who I I know them, it's a couple, Kevin and Jenny, they're a married couple. And he was like, let's go scare Jenny because she's in the bathroom. They were in the museum part and they were looking around or something with, with Bobby, something that Bobby was showing them in the museum before bingo started. And nobody was in there. So basically she said, there's this other door that leads up to the bathroom. This is the creepy bathroom I was talking about. And this is before I got there. So the, the entity was still in there, you know, technically, right? And right. they walked up to the bathroom and they said that the there was a light on and they saw feet, a shadow of feet moving in front of the door. This is weird, though, because you wouldn't be in front of the door. If you were, like, using the bathroom, you wouldn't be seen because it's really far away and you can't see it from the door. Uh Plus, even if you were washing your hands, all of the paper and everything, it's on the other side of the room, which is a really... You're talking like a baseball stadium-sized bathroom. There's like oh, 18 stalls. So I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't see people moving around unless they were like really close to that door. Well, she said that they thought Jenny was messing with them. So Jenny went up to the door, they thought, and was pacing back and forth. And then all of a sudden, when they had their ears pressed to the wall, trying to hear if she was going to say anything or what she was doing, there was a huge bang, like someone punched the wall from the other side Mm. knowing that they were on the other side of it and scared them to death that they screamed and they ran and then (laughs) sorry they ran it's so crazy right right they run back to bobby who's on the other side of the museum this place is very vastly huge and he was like what in the world is going on what are you guys doing and jenny was with him Oh, that's really freaky. So, so, well, I laughed because they went to scare her and instead got scared themselves. Oh, I'm sorry. Funny? No, it's ironic <laughs> thing, right? It was ironic. Anyway. It's so funny. That's but what yeah, made me laugh. Two nights before, so they were all praising me and thanking me for going to get, you know, banish basically the evil entity in the bathroom. And I was like, well, I just hope it didn't go somewhere else in the building after we did all that work. But I seriously, I came home. I slept so hard. I mean, I was just so physically exhausted. But yeah, the best thing that came out of that was literally the the praise that the evil spirits gave me for saying I was a reverend. I was never so proud in my life. (laughs) 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 They're like reverend. And then they kept saying like, yeah, like, um, what did they say? Like, yeah, like spirit exeter or something crazy. Like spirit exeter. what the? But it was funny, and I'm like, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm getting rid of your butt because you're bad. I, I always think of my friend Barry when he would call them a baddie, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a baddie, you're going. So funny, but yeah. Were, okay, so were these like spirits? Were they demons, or were these people that had existed in life that were just evil? Um, the second, yeah. So uh-huh. like they were prisoners, and okay. they were attached to that to that cell. And it's just very bad. Like, you know, people think, and I used to be like, oh, whatever. People think that, you know, there's attachment to entity, you know, to like objects and, and they long for this. But I think that it was some kind of, it was definitely turned into like a portal, like in terms of them keep, they kept coming through it. And I think they were definitely 
coming from the prison. I mean, it was weird, but the prison's down the street. Mm -hmm. So it's not very far. And I would be a person who would say I would never believe in this before (laughs) experiencing this, but that's what I felt. All the energy just felt like it was like, um, like a travel kind of portal for all of the bad to come through. And these names kept coming through that they would say of people who were staff that Bobby knew worked there in back in the seventies. So that's just validation that they were coming from it and they knew who these people were, who were the staff that were there. That's why, you know, it's just proof that they were coming from there, mm-hmm. but yeah, they were bad. I mean, yeah, when I was there with Alice, I had been there. I was there with Missy a lot of times and my friend Laura. And then basically it did some stuff. They always did things then that got really intense and it felt really uncomfortable and you just wanted to leave. And one night was a full moon and I was, I literally turned to Misty and I said, we need to leave. And she goes, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. So that was the last night that we were there together before this, but I had brought my friend Alice in who was the volunteer and she wanted to experience it. And she said she only felt safe with me because of what I do. Mm-hmm. And they lifted, I watched them lift her hair up for at least two minutes and she didn't know it was lifted. And I just watched like a gog as she stood there with her hair floating in the air and talking to me because she didn't know. And then her hair just dropped. And that's what scared her when her hair, because it's long, hit her the back of her shoulder. She thought someone grabbed her back, mm-hmm. but it was her hair falling. And in the instant of trying to explain it to her and try to calm her, my, I have a huge water bottle that's like 24 ounce huge water bottle. Mm-hmm. It got knocked down. And then I heard the nice entity, Joe, the spirit that resides there say, run now, run. And I'm like, okay, we got to go. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. That's, that is frightening. Yeah. These are the blonde. These were all blondes. Everybody was blonde and it, it never harassed anybody who was like, had brown hair or black hair, like it was huh. only blondes. Huh. And, you know, they started calling us chicks and chippies. Uh-huh. The uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm done. Now uh, yeah, we're done with this. No, <laughs> you're not going to harass us because you think that we're like, they, and they said that we weren't powerful. And then all of a sudden I turned into a reverend. So apparently I just, I was like, <laughs> I am good and mad. And Misty was good and mad. So we were like, we're going in, we're getting rid of your butt. <laughs> So, and then, you know what, Bobby says it's very peaceful that the entities that reside there who were his buddies, and that's why they stay. They're there because of Bobby. Mm -hmm. They love him and they all worked with him and they retired and then they had heart attacks or died. They just love him and that's their home, their second home is being with him. And then when he had a paranormal group come in the the night after us, they said it was very peaceful and still and quiet. Only a few things happen. And I said, well, that's just the way it should be, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I think. But again, I'm apparently the reverend, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. I don't know. People yeah. like to get in there and get involved with some of the negative stuff, yeah. I guess. But that's really yeah. dangerous, as you know. So to me, yeah, I'm glad so I'm that proud. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, proud of you. I'm proud of you, too. You have come from I've known you for a couple of years here and you've come from not wanting to confront anything like that to actually right. confronting it. Getting mad enough because uh-huh. I'm like, you know, you don't harass people and treat people this way. And just because we're women doesn't mean that we can't take care of ourselves. Exactly. Well, you're out. And yes. Bobby was like, nobody comes in here no matter what race, gender or whatever the heck you are and gets treated like crap in my building. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. 
So, I mean, I just, I just love him. He's like, you know, your second father, you know, he's just so sweet kind of grandpa slash father and he just takes care of everybody. And, Aww. you know, he'll hug you while you're banishing the bad spirits. It's just hilarious, but <laughs> there's just so much peace and love that, yeah, like there shouldn't be very much activity just because it's a loving environment because those people, that's their kind of their place that they like to go besides being in heaven, you know? Right. Right. And I believe right. that they go up and down. I believe that that's just their, that their happy place, you know, and God lets them do whatever with free will. Right. So. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. So that is a great story. And I, I'm so glad to hear that that bathroom is cleared. Cause mm. I, I still remember that yeah. bathroom story. And that is nice to know that you can, people can now go to the bathroom without being harassed. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was oh. like, this is enough already, right? Yeah. 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 So what about Marilyn Monroe? Okay. So, okay. This is how it all kind of starts. So it's like from get to point A to point B. So first kind of backtracking, basically I was watching this documentary. Me and my friend, Laura were watching this kind of like she would watch this episode. Then she would tell me to watch the episode and I was watching it. It's actually called the secrets of playboy. Have you ever seen that documentary? No, I have not. No. It, it is like really just one of those Scientology things where you feel like you can't look away from all the brainwashing that people go, go through. And, you, you know, it's just, yeah, like one of those I can't look away moments. So you're just still you're like a gog by it. Well, huh. back in my when I was in like my last few years of college, this show came on with these the called like the girls next door or something. And I mean, I watched it like a few times just to see the inside of the mansion because I wanted to see it in that kind of thing. But that was really all it was for. But this girl who was on it was named Holly. And it, this was her episode that she was on. Right. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't stop spinning about it, like thinking about it because it was so shocking for the day. And I went to sleep. And then that night I woke up to hello, hello. And the tapping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this? <laughs> so, you know, it was like a voice I, I didn't know. And I, you know, I've told you, I think before, like I feel personality uh-huh. um, before I kind of see the person almost. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, who is this? Got to feel this, this one out. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. So I open my eyes and I see. I see this woman and she looks young, you know, like I say, like to me, young, like 32 or something like early thirties. And she's wearing this long, really long, like t-shirt nightgown kind of things. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen one of those for a really long time. It's like kind of was huge, like in the eighties and stuff, I thought, but I'm like, who is this? And she had blonde hair, you know, little, it was like above her shoulder length that she looked like she just crawled out of bed, no makeup. I did not know who she was. And she sat on the edge of my bed, just talking away about the injustice of how, how Holly had been treated. And I'm like, Oh, this woman really just, she just knows this girl. Like she really knows her. Who is this? Mm-hmm. And I'd only been, this is like episode two or three in. So I did not have a clue. And I was thinking like Anna Nicole Smith, but it didn't look like her. So I'm like, okay, I don't know much about Playboy. I, I'm a female who's against it. So I don't get who this is. Well, basically she was the sweetest person just like talking about how social uh, society has done this. Social medias has ruined this girl's life and how it's not fair to be persecuted and brainwashed. And then society blames you. So I was like, okay, gotcha. 
Well, I got up and she was gone like in the morning. Cause I kind of, you know, I told you, Ken, sometimes I'll go in and out of consciousness and I'll wake up and they're still talking kind of thing. So that happened a few times. And then I woke up in the morning and I called Laura and I'm like, I just can't figure out who the heck this is. So I Googled it and I was going through the list of people who had, you know, basically died tragically who were play playboy people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through the list. And then all of a sudden I was, I just said, I got to the end and I said, well, like, it's not like you're Marilyn Monroe. Who are you? And she goes, yes, I am. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Marilyn Monroe's in my freaking house. Oh my God. So I couldn't believe it. And then Laura was on the phone listening to me talk with her and I had my rods out so she could just, you know, he, you know, hear the yes and no's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my. And I'm like, yeah. And she was so nice and polite. She goes, oh, your house is so nice. I just love your home and your animals and your children are so sweet. You're just so nice. And I just came to you because I knew you would listen because I know that you're a good person and you would care about this. And I'm like, wow, thanks. Okay. You know, <laughs> she was so nice. And then all of a sudden she was just gone and I've not seen her since. So but she knew this person. So sweet. She, I think that she being gone, you know, because she died so long ago, way before Holly, mm-hmm. but I think that she bonded with her, even though like in her debt, now even being gone and, and dead, she still knew what was going on. And she said to me, it happened. What happened to her happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was like, okay. And I, I get it, even though that was like back then without, you know, the internet per se, you know, so much cameras around. She felt that this girl, she just felt for this girl because she identified with her, even though she wasn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was like the moral of the story, basically. Like, even though someone's gone, they still know what's going on. I think they can still see from heaven what's going on and be there for you on the other side. And I mm-hmm. think she just. She's just there waiting and she's there with her waiting for her on the other side. Wow. I mean, it's really a beautiful thing that somebody's supporting you like that. Who's a total stranger mm-hmm. and identifies with you because they've had a similar situation, even though the situation's terrible, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like trauma and people who experience trauma and they just need support systems. She's her support system from the other side. Okay, I so this Holly is still alive or is she dead? Yeah, she's still alive. Oh, okay, I think got it. Probably okay. my age, maybe or younger. Okay, like, I so, got it. But it's funny how, like, even though there's somebody, you know, like in a cult, they'll be like, "There's always going to be somebody." You want to just stop the cult, you know? You want to mm-hmm. stop the injustice, but there's always going to be a next victim who comes along, mm-hmm. and you just got to get yourself out. And I think that Marilyn felt that way, but she understood her tragedy that because she was still living in. You know, and she still has trauma from it. Mm-hmm. So she feels for her. But through me, she was trying to find somebody to support what, you know, and understand that trauma. And I do work with people, my clients that I work with easily all the time who find me, oddly enough, are mostly trauma people mm-hmm. when I do my readings all the time mm-hmm. and like abuse and that kind of thing. So narcissistic men who have mostly abused them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think God sends me these people because I've experienced it myself. So I, I feel that that's why she came to me because of that. Cause she would, I understood that narcissistic male abuse kind of in a way. 
mm-hmm. for a different reason, but a, you know, for just a very similar situation in just terms of you know abuse. Got but it. Not, yeah. not the same situation at all. If you understand what I mean, <laughs> I do. I do understand what you mean. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. understand you didn't go into that situation. <laughs> yes, definitely, and never. <laughs> no, me yeah. either. Me either. That was not something I ever aspired to. <laughs> no, God. no, no. Me, I don't understand that world at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, but I understand the tra- traumatic, um, traumatic abuse. Yeah, it's just like I think that any traumatic abuse, other women who have been abused traumatically, no matter what it is, in shape mm-hmm. or form, mm-hmm. mine was emotional. So I think that she just understood. And she came to me for that reason, because I can hear her, I can see her. Mm-hmm. And I identified with that, with that similarity part of it. Wow. But she was so sweet. She was like, <laughs> oh, your house is just so beautiful. And you're just so nice. And everything. I'm like, thank you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. It's really funny that even today you can be enthralled with somebody like Marilyn Monroe, right? Who's been dead for so many years. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Off this physically dead. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. people still know who she is. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's really neat. I mean, I felt so special. Yeah. I bet you point. did. Well, you are, Meg. <laughs> you know, you're special. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, well, we're all, we're out of time. Darn. So <laughs> this concludes today's podcast. God, thank you for sharing well, those great you. stories. You. I would like you to tell everyone um, that's listening where they can find you and get more information about you and your readings and your haunted travels. Okay, great. Well, yeah, I have a blog that I have not had time to post much to lately because I've been so busy helping other people, which is good. I have a two-year blog of lots of awesome haunting things, if you're interested. So it's called My Haunted Travel Blog, and it's myhauntedtravelblog.blogspot.com. I also have a podcast and that is available and you can see that also on there too. And it's called A Haunting Good Time. And I have a book called A Haunting at 2095, which is about my real life experience growing up as a child, as a young medium and finding out that I was and helping other people prevent suicide along the way. I also have then my readings and healings by Rosella page on Facebook too. And then you can find me at at Rosella C. Rao also with all the information on there too, all on Facebook. So I'm a big Facebooker. I just don't really, I think that uh, Twitter is just a lot of time consuming. So I just like to put the stuff on Facebook now. So reach out to me on Facebook. I have my email and all my information on there too. If you guys have questions, past experiences that might interest me that I might want to write about, give me a shout. Yeah, I'm open to anything. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-P-O-L-L.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash M-A-R-Y dash A-N-N dash P-O-L-L. Until next time. May the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.